Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the final score with Matthew and Stevie Fly. What's up, guys? The final score is back again. We're live again tonight. And we've been talking for a while about, you know, offseason NFL. Of course, you've got you've got the XFL going on right now. You've got the USFL coming. But it's kind of in a, you know, every year it kind of puts me in like a, a football hangover. Well, this year I decided I was going to take care of that. I had a solution. We are going to attempt – and attempt to do as many of the NFL teams with fans of that team. We're going to get their top 10 favorite players of all time. And, you know, from each team in the NFL, you know, some of them will be kind of hard. Some of them will be, I've, I've got too many people that want to do for some, but <laughs> this one right here, I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit about our guest tonight. On Twitter, a couple years ago, I was doing a lot of polls on Twitter this guy followed me on Twitter then. He had a lot of comments in there. And, you know, I, I got to thinking about it. I said, well, I don't know many Buffalo Bills fans. and I'm in North Carolina. I don't know many Buffalo Bills fans. This guy is a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. And uh, I said, what better? I said, I got to reach out to him. So I reached out to him. He's here tonight. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank Appreciate you for having me. On, guy. Appreciate you having me. Love to be here. Yeah, and and uh, let let's go ahead and get it out of the way. How long have you been a Buffalo Bills fan? All my life, all my life since 1985. I was born into it. There's no avoiding it. I've I'm here in Buffalo, New York. I mean, oh, there's wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm here getting ready for the snow to come tomorrow. And so y'all got snow football. coming. Yeah, we got. We always have snow coming. There's always yeah. snow coming. Yeah, Buffalo. It's in New York. Uh, yeah, we're in North Carolina where the weather changes like you change your underwear. It could be <laughs> 30 degrees high one night, and then it could go to 80 the next day. So, you know, Mother Nature is so screwed up right now over here. It's it's pitiful. But, um, yeah, so me being a Steelers fan, I, I, I'm in North Carolina. My Almost everybody in my family were Redskin fans at the time when I was a kid, when I was old enough to know what a football was, except for me and my cousin who lived next door to me. We were both Steeler fans, and we've been, you know, since I was five years old, so I'm going on 50 now, so <laughs> 45 years, and uh, seen the ups and downs just like you have with Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And uh, But, yeah, you know, I, I always like to see somebody that's not what I call a rental fan. That, <laughs> uh, you know, what, how, many, how many, I mean, I know the Steelers have had theirs, and Buffalo, when they caught fire, when Kelly and them started, uh, you know, you had a lot of rental fans of Buffalo fans, I'm sure. You do. And uh, you, you see a few now, too. I don't want to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind. Everybody was like, you know, OK, OK, we got we've got a comment coming in already. And this is going to be a painful for you. People are already talking about Scott Norwood bringing his name. Bring it. <laughs> Uh, Neil Callahan, wow, dude, you just had to do Scott Norwood, huh? You know, but anyway, we'll get to that. Just we'll get to your top 10 and we'll start that just a second. We're just looking at some stuff. The combines, of course, started today. Um, I always like to try to watch a little bit of that. Uh, Georgia, a defensive lineman from Georgia, 4.4. I mean, oh man, 
that's not you know you think about it, a guy that big can run a 4.440 i'm not stepping in that guy's way i'm sorry i mean i have someone on my top 10 list who is a defensive lineman who could do a 4-4 and it was a big guy yeah you don't want to you don't want to get that big a guy moving that fast because no. uh, the quarterback's going to have a lot of trouble there. Yeah, and of course, uh, some sad news coming out today out of the NFL. Uh, Jerry Richardson, who was the Panthers' founder, former owner, died today at 86. Uh, we definitely send out our condolences to his family and, and friends and to the Panthers' family. Um, some news, <laughs> of course, some news coming out of the Super Bowl. Longtime NFL groundskeeper says the Super Bowl field was overwatered, which <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, it looked overwatered. <laughs> you could see the slippery conditions all through the game for both. So, I mean, but you can't say it favored one team over the other because both teams were slipping. I mean, you, I, I don't know. It's a, he, 94 year old George, the sod father, Tom. <laughs> Placing blame on the Leeds field director, Ed Mangan, for the turf issues during the Super Bowl. His his quote was, Mangan waters the hell out of it and puts it right into the stadium, and that's it. Never see sunlight again. He can't do that. He also added that the field had a rotten smell and wasn't sanded enough. So, if you you're wondering about the slipping during the game. The sod father just filled you in. On what not enough sand. Happened. Not enough. It wasn't sanded enough. Okay. So what else have we got here? Brace basically the combines. Uh, of course, they're still talking about Lamar Jackson, whether he's going to be a Raven next year or not. I honestly don't think he will. I think he he's he's – he keeps turning down and up in the ante because he wants to be somewhere else. I don't know what you think. About <laughs> you that think before. so? I, I I think he wants to stay in Baltimore. I think Baltimore is the best place for him to succeed. I think they've built that offense around him, and they're dedicated to running the ball. I don't know if he's going to find that anywhere else. And, and there's some criticism coming out for uh, the – General manager Eric DeCosta is, is saying some stuff about the wide receivers in the Ravens group now and and uh, not uh, – Rashad Bateman's come out. He's not pleased at all about, about that. He said, how about you play to your player strength to stop pointing the finger at us and Lamar, Bateman said. <laughs> Here's the thing with me, and, I, you know, I'm a Steelers fan. So mm-hmm. I hate the Ravens. I, hate the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, that's bred into you with, you know, from the day the Ravens started their franchise. I'm not so sure, and you may disagree with this, and I've said this on the show before. I'm not so sure that Harbaugh is the right fit in Baltimore anymore. You don't think so? Analytic, the whole analytics thing has cost them several games. It cost it cost them the game against Buffalo. That's true. It did. Instead of kicking it the field goal, instead of kicking the field goal, putting points on the board, taking the lead in the fourth quarter, you go for it on fourth down. You pretty much said, "I don't believe, I don't think my defense can stop Buffalo." You know, so we're going to go for it. Lamar throws an interception. Of course, you guys go down the field, kick a field goal, win the game, which made me a happy man. That was a fun I mean, one this I year. I was a big time Buffalo fan that day. But, you know, 
and there's been several times that he's gone against that. You know, he's he's went with the whole analytics thing, trying mm-hmm. to be different. I mean, and, and not saying Harbaugh is not a good coach. I don't. I just don't know if he's the right fit in, in Baltimore anymore. Well, I have a question just in regards to analytics. If you're just going by the book, what what is your purpose that you're serving there? Because anyone can just read out of a book and say, oh, "Yeah, that's true. This, that's this true." Is the percentages. But as as a coach, you got to just take that information and use it. Like, know what the percentages are, and then apply that to your team. Maybe this isn't the right situation. Maybe this is the right situation. For me, when you talk about analytics in the NFL, there's just not enough sample size. The sample size is too small for everyone to say this is exactly what's going on. It's not baseball. Baseball, there's 162 games a year. This is only 17. So it's a completely different scenario. Yeah, and, and you know, it, at a game, I would say this: I, as a Steeler fan, I hope they keep Harbaugh there because, <laughs> yeah, he he did the same thing against us the year before. Went for it on fourth down, threw an interception. We got the ball, pretty much sealed the sealed the game after that. So you know, I don't know, I don't know. As a Baltimore, you know, Baltimore Ravens fan, if I was a Baltimore Ravens fan, I've talked to a few that, you know. They, they were actually uh, after that they didn't sweep us this year they were planning they were hoping they were going to sweep against us this year but you know of course that didn't happen but um they were saying they they kind of agreed about the whole horrible thing they were sick of horrible and i don't i don't know if that's majority or not i mean that <laughs> but i'm sure it's not but uh you know there's got to be some talk some talk in the Baltimore in the ravens universe that uh Maybe Harbaugh is, is kind of you don't think to, his Super Bowl championship has bought him enough time there? Well, he's been to one Super Bowl. He won, he's won that, one okay. Super Bowl. He won, he's won a Super Bowl. Um it, it does carry a lot of weight. It, coming okay, from a okay, Buffalo well, fan, do it this, does carry a lot. This then, if you if you're going by that, Mike McCarthy. Green That's Bay. True. That's true. Not a Super Bowl there, and it, uh, but you know we all know what happened there, and we all know what happened there. And did Green Bay make the right decision? Because I mean, right now it's not looking so good. But you know McCarthy, I don't think McCarthy's answering Dallas either. I mean McCarthy did did a few bonehead decisions last year. I just remember and the, ended the playoffs. In the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that Although, was, was that know, more McCarthy or was that Dak just had, just not understanding how much time was left. I don't. I think it's a little bit of both. I, you know, it's a year I, I would, and a half later. We're still talking about that bonehead play. And and you know, the fact whether he called it or not, that stupid formation they ran against the 49ers that last play in the playoffs this year, whether he was responsible for it or not, him being the head coach, the fact that he let it go out on the field like that, uh, yeah, you're you're responsible. You're responsible for that, for that because that, responsible. that had to have happened in practice at least once. They didn't exactly. just draw he didn't, it up in the he sand. He didn't just see Ezekiel out there at center and go, "Hey, what are we doing here? We've never done this before." I mean, he'd seen it before, or he that, you don't do that in the playoff game and not see it. So, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was interesting to say the least. I was like, "What are they doing?" See, I'm a, I'm a football coach. I'm a high school football coach, okay. and even I. Would not have done that. I, I and that there was there was a call he made. It may have been in the Green Bay game early in the year. He went for it on fourth down. Hadn't really. I mean, they it was a quick. They went for it quick, and the call they made. I said, as a even as a high school football coach, I would not have made that call. But that's just me. 
So let's see here. What else we got? Jaguars are using the franchise tag on Evan Ingram, uh, releasing one of their cornerbacks. And what do you think about Jacksonville? You think they're they're on the the verge, or do you think it's just gonna they're gonna kind of plateau out? In that AFC South, you never know. It's wide open. I have no I no confidence in the Colts, whatever they're planning on doing forward. And the Texans are just completely a joke of a <laughs> franchise. They have been the entire time, and that just leaves the the Titans who are thinking about getting rid of Derrick Henry, which to me seems like the the most ridiculous idea you could possibly have. Although they have run him into the ground over the past three years, yeah. so maybe yeah. maybe they're thinking that they're the there's too many miles on him. I don't know. Well, you know, they've made some questionable, you know, Malik Willis, the fact they draft him and talk about he's going to be the heir apparent to Ryan Tannehill. But then when Tannehill gets hurt at the end of the year, you ha- you don't have enough faith in him to, to start in a game for the division. For the division. That yeah. you – that you go out and, and get a, a guy from the team two weeks before, Josh Dobbs, the former Steeler, you get him off a practice squad from another team like a week or two before, and you start him in that game. You know, win in your in scenario. Yep, absolutely. I mean, come on, dude. What is the deal there? you gotta you got to either say, okay, Malik, it's yours, or, you know, what do you think that does to his psyche now? I think he, if I was him, I'd go to his agent. Get me out of here right now. They don't believe in me. I want. I want a piece. If I'm a player, exactly. I want to be somewhere where they believe that I can play. If they don't believe in me enough to put me in there when you know the game's on the line, when the season's on the line, what am I doing here? Exactly. I agree. I'll, Trade me to Houston. De- now Houston could definitely use use him. So, um, got some likes up here already. Houston Ball, Chris Bevins. Appreciate you guys liking. There's we got a couple of people in here watching right now. Uh, you listen to uh, the top 10, what's going to be the top 10 Buffalo Bill, favorite Buffalo Bills of all time. So we've covered that. Do you watch much NBA? I don't watch too much NBA, no. I, I used to. And now, I was, you know, being from North Carolina, big Michael Jordan fan. Mm-hmm. Of course, I pulled for Chicago when he played. And ever since then, he left. And I'm talking about when he left. I, I, you know, I, I watched when he played with the Wizards, came back, played with the Wizards. But ever since that, I, I've had not much to do with the NBA. Uh, LeBron, I'm not a fan of at no. all. No. Anybody that's <laughs> got to say, anybody that's got to come out and say, I'm the greatest NBA player of all time. If you have to say it, then – well, I think about it this way. Muhammad Ali would say he's the, the greatest fighter of all time, and maybe that's, that's just something he needed to motivate himself internally. Because I, I think LeBron probably needs some motivation right now because he's apparently not showing it on the court. I he's out. Know. He's out at least three weeks now with a oh, foot so? tendon injury. Foot tendon injury, yeah. I, I just find it ironic. But anyway, yeah, I don't think LeBron. How does that line up handle, with the All Star break? Does that line up? Already, they've already had the All Star break. So. Oh, they already had the season. Yeah, that's so how much I watched in, basketball. This is going into the last part of the season, and they're they're on the outside looking into the playoffs. So they're not going to, unless something strange happens, they're not going to make it. But uh, which is fine with me. <laughs> uh, 
but I don't follow it that much. I keep up with like the top stories. Uh, that's it's a joke now. They don't play defense. I mean, it's it's horrible to watch. But uh, now let's get let's get right to the main. Let's event. go to it. Buffalo Bills. Like you were born in what year? You said I was born in nineteen eighty-five. All right, you're a little bit younger. Than so me. the Bills are twenty-five years older than me. They started in nineteen sixty, but my list does go all the way back to nineteen sixty because I I have a couple of these guys that you know, and I think I have some guys on here that uh, might surprise you. Okay, there's two of there's two of them that uh, that might surprise you, but there's some guys from the early eighties teams up here. There's, of course, there's a lot from uh, that four-year stretch. From those 90 Super Bowl teams. Those are some great teams. Okay. We talked a little bit about it. I warned you I was going to ask you this before we get started. Out of that, those four teams Mm -hmm. that went to the Super Bowl, and unfortunately for you, lost. uh, But which team out of that you think was the strongest team? I think that 1990 team, that one, that one with Scott Norwood just putting it just past the post in Tampa, that was the team. They had a phenomenal defense. They were firing on all cylinders. They could push everyone around on the line. They started playing the no huddle, and the other teams couldn't catch up with it. They just didn't understand it oh, coming. K-Gun. The K-Gun, named yeah. after Keith McKellar. I don't yeah, know if everyone knows everybody that. It's named after Jim Kelly. Kelly. It's named after Keith McKellar, one of the tight ends, and that was the sort of the package they lined up for him. So they had the K gun there. But I think that 1990 team, if you watch the 91, 92, 93 teams, they they're just not quite up to it. They all went to the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowls obviously didn't go their way, and they got progressively worse for them. I mean, the 92 team. Did have the greatest comeback in now playoff history after that stupid, ridiculous <laughs> Vikings Colts game. game. Yeah, it was yeah. funny because the Bills were playing that night, so we were driving to the stadium listening to the game, and we're just thinking, "What is going on here with Jeff Saturday?" Yeah, and, and everybody was like, you know, when we do our weekly episodes and we got down to playoff time, you know. People were talking about the Vikings, 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 Vikings. I was like, no, they're the worst, best team in the NFL out there. And I was like, you, you lost, you got, you, you got tore up by Dallas, mm-hmm. and you had to come back from thirty-three points down against the Colts. First of all, why are you down thirty-three points to the Colts <laughs> with Jeff Saturday coaching? <laughs> and you know that right home. there. Yes, and I'm like, why are you down that much? You you shouldn't be down that much. A good team wouldn't be down to the Colts that much. I know any given Sunday, but no, not 33 points. Yeah, it wasn't like it was a playoff game. Those Houston Oilers were a great team. Oh, God, Warren Moon, you had Haywood Jeffries, you had Ernest Givens. I mean, you you had – that offense was, like, dynamic. I mean, it was – because that was the old – AFC Central days when Pittsburgh and Houston were in the AFC Central. I saw Houston enough to be frustrated with them, the House of Pain, which they were playing. And, and you said your dad went to that game. He did. And left you at home. And left the little eight-year-old me at home. 
which and, you know I can understand. Eight, eight years old is about the cutoff for yeah. going to the stadium. There, yeah, it, but, it's not necessarily the most friendly of confines at Rich Stadium. Did he say? As he told you, I mean, people. How many people were leaving the stadium? Uh, see, the game wasn't even sold out. That's right. the, the thing that people forget about. So there was probably only about 70,000 people there, and maybe half of them left. But <laughs> they came back into yeah. the stadium, and the security guards at one point just gave up, and people were just walking into the stadium by the end. <laughs> I remember watching that, and I was just because it was funny to me because, you know, I like Buffalo better than I did Houston for sure. <laughs> and uh, I was like, they're going to blow this game. And that was tip, but you know, that was typical Houston for that time. Something about those, those guys, they always, as good a team as they always have, mm-hmm. as dynamic as that offense was, they always found a way to choke. And, I mean, I didn't think they would choke that big, but yeah, come on, geez. But, you know, Buffalo's got a big, of course, one of the legendary coaches in the NFL, Marv Levy. Um, and he, man, he turned, Turned that franchise around after struggles through through the eighties. He gets gets them going, and of course, four straight Super Bowl. And I mean, no matter what, I mean, win or lose the Super Bowls, to get a team to four straight Super Bowls is it's an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment, and I'm proud of it. And I'm sure everyone who played on those teams is proud of it too. It it's something that. I mean, you say it will never be done. It probably will be done again. Someone eventually is going to do it. Maybe I don't know. I mean, NFL, I don't know. There's parody in the NFL right now. I don't know. But I mean, I guess Kansas City. I mean, they've been to the championship game, AFC championship game, what four years in a row. Mm-hmm. So but they I haven't guess, won all of them. That's true. Yeah, I it's mean, tough to do. You know, because you, you when you go, even when you go to the Super Bowl the next year, you got a target on you. You know, they, everybody wants to give them your bet, get you a best shot, and you know the fact that that Buffalo, because I know we had we had Buffalo's number a little bit during the regular season, mm-hmm. especially if we played y'all on Monday night. If it was a <laughs> Buffalo, if we played Buffalo on Monday nights. I was like, okay, <laughs> we have no problem. And I've actually talked to a few Steelers. I've interviewed a few Steelers on here, and that was one of the questions. I think Levon Kirkland uh, was one of my asked. I said Monday night football. What was the deal with you guys on Monday Night Football? Because it seemed he said, "Man, we were amped up." He said, and especially when we played Buffalo, we were amped up for it. And uh, I just remember, gosh, what was the guy's name that hit BB that night? I thought he had. I honestly thought he had killed Don BB that night. You remember that? I, I do. Safety, don't safety. remember who it would have been, but BB has taken just so many hits. And of course, the pogo stick hit against Cleveland in '89. Oh, probably God, the most famous. They but, played that nonstop on all the blooper reels. Yeah. Of course, BB, BB. I've had I had BB on the show. I, I got okay. to interview Don BB. Was a great guy. Coach guy. BB, and, he's uh, doing pretty well for himself. Then. Yes, he sure is. He sure is. And that was when he was getting ready to start with the coaching deal when I interviewed him. So. Uh, yeah, great guy. So let's get right into it. Sure. And since you're the guest, let me write. Let me get down here so I can get your list. I'm going to let you start with your number ten. Well, my number ten is one of my favorites. Is Albert Dubinian, Golden Wheels from the AFL days. Wow, an original bill. And I, I pulled this stat because this is the most amazing stat I've ever seen. 
1964, the Bills AFL championship year, he averaged 27.1 yards per reception. Jeez. And I mean, that wasn't just a few receptions. He had over a thousand yards and he was averaging 27 yards a catch, which is just absurd. (laughs) No one does that. No. But he was such a fast player. And when I go back and when I, because when I've started doing this, my goal was to try to see every Bills game ever. And when I go back watching the tapes from, or not the tapes, or film strips from the 60s, He's just so much faster than everyone else on the field. He just flies through, and how, it's just so much fun watching him. How did this guy not become like a more of a household name? Because he was in the AFL. He was right. he went to Bluffton College, so a small school no one ever heard of. The Bills gave him a shot, and he just stuck around. And he was just one of the fastest guys in the league, and he was just a wonderful flanker. So he's my starting flanker on my all-time Bills team. I got you. I got you. So my number 10, and I remember when I first started watching, you know, you're old enough to watch. That was probably like 78 or 79 when I started remembering games. This guy was uh, this guy was already entrenched with the Bills then at quarterback. And then it's number 12, Joe Ferguson. Joe Ferguson. All Joe right. Joe Ferguson with the – The Arkansas the, rifle. Yeah, the, the double, double ball. Two handling. guards. Yeah, like they had that expression walking off the field. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it was – Joe Ferguson was tough. I mean, it, it, that, that guy took took some beatings. Uh, but he always got back up. They, they were – I think they actually – was it 82 when they had the strike year that they made the playoffs that year? They didn't make the playoffs. They made the playoffs in 80 and 81. 81. Okay. It was 81. They made it that year. And I remember watching them play the playoffs and I was like, who is this guy? You know, Ferguson, Joe Ferguson, this is a tough dude. And then of course he goes on as he stays there for what, I think he was there 12 years, 73 to 84 Yep, goes with the lines. And he was probably one of the worst hits I've ever seen in football. Wilbur Marshall hit him uh, for the bears, hit him as the lines. And I mean, even Joe Ferguson couldn't get up from that as tough as he was. But Joe Ferguson, like you said, number 12. Yep. And, I mean, probably not the most famous number 12 in, in Buffalo, of course. But, you know. For those they, who saw him, he is beloved as number 12. He's the original yeah, number 12. Yeah, there. I mean, that's that's one one guy that I think – he didn't have the success there at, at Buffalo that he – you know, the, Kelly, of course, had. But he was he is an iconic quarterback for Buffalo for me. He had the misfortune of playing in the same division as those great Miami Dolphins teams of the 70s. Yeah, yeah. And they they the, the Dolphins went 20 and 0 against the Bills in the 70s. The Bills did not win a game against the Dolphins and it was impossible to win the division. They went to one playoff they had one wild card playoff appearance in the 70s. That was it. That was the list because those Dolphins teams were just killing. Yeah, that Shula had had the Dolphins uh, going pretty well then. Uh, but yeah, number ten for me, Joe Ferguson. Let's get to your number nine. This number nine. This is a little uh, out there, but number nine. I'm a big fan of the three-four defense. And if you're playing a three-four, you need a nose tackle who can just stand over the center and just push people around. And that's why I'm going with Big Ted Washington, one of my yeah. favorite players of all time. He was only on the Bills for seven years. I think he had like a 14-year career, but most his longest stay was on the Bills and those. 
mid to late nineties teams. And I, I still, to this day with that stupid home run throw up that nineties, 99 bills team that lost the Titans and the music city miracle, they had the best defense I had ever seen. And it was anchored by Ted Washington and Bruce Smith, who we'll get to, I'm sure, in a little bit. (laughs) They would just push people around. It was fantastic to watch. That's why I love Ted Washington, one of the best players in Bill's history. There's something else I want to talk about, that Music City Miracle Game, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We got some comments coming in. Robert Matthews, I don't know what you talked about, what damn right, what you were were responding to. Let me know what you respond to. of course, my co-host usually Matt Matthew. He's up. He said, "What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? What's up, Matthew?" Uh, so Ted Washington, number nine. I bet you weren't expecting that one. No, but that's 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 the thing. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, Robert Matthews. Robert Matthews is a Dolphins fan, so he was saying, "Damn right to the Dolphins." They were. I'll I'll admit when <laughs> when we're out class, they were the class of that AFC East. So my number nine. He's out of Chadron State, uh, and a former guest of the show we just talked about a few minutes a few minutes ago, uh, Don Beebe. I mean, you're talking about a guy that comes in from a from a little small college, mm-hmm. drafted uh, in round three, and I remember because back then, and I still have it, I think somewhere, football cards. I look, I I have pretty good collection of football cards. And when they started getting back was his rookie year when they, they started putting out NFL cards again. The And he tells this story that his rookie card, for it was an NFL pro set rookie card, they didn't have any pictures of him. So they had to get a picture out of like the uh, program from Chadron State. And it, I mean, you can tell it looks so <laughs> different than everybody. Like Barry, with a rookie class that year, had Barry Sanders, Troy Aikman, Deion Sanders, Derek Thomas. And theirs are like real slick looking. And he is, he's got an action picture and it's barely even showing. You can't see the front of him. He's just, he's catching the ball and it's kind of blurry. But yeah, I mean, but Don Beebe, I mean, I think, you know, the iconic play. Mm-hmm. In the super first the super bowl, bowl is 27 Dallas. running down Leon Lett. It's and, just the and, perseverance. He just exemplified that the perseverance of those teams. Right there, that play was those teams that they didn't have any quit in them. They even when they were getting rolled up by Dallas, they were still yeah, because that was that game was out of reach at the time. And he had he had no reason to go down there and accept pride. And and he was not gonna let that guy do that. And he I mean, my look, I gained so much respect for Don Beebe that day. And, of course, we talked about before we went on there, the whole pogo stick uh, landing on his head. And, uh, unfortunately, he does not get a Super Bowl all his years. And then he goes – He does get a Super Bowl in Green Bay, though. Yeah, he got – he went to play the two – the two years he was at Green Bay, he played in two two more Super Bowls. So, this guy played in, what, six Super six Bowls? Super Bowls. How many – I mean – I mean, how many guys get to play in six Super Bowls? He, he got one, of course, but uh, man, and he was always for Kelly and whoever the quarterback was. He was always that dependable receiver that when you needed, uh, you know. Of course, you had Andre Reed that was the 
the the guy. He was mm-hmm. a star. He is the guy. He is yeah, no he's, doubt he's about the it. man. But when you needed somebody to go across that middle and get those tough yards, Don Beebe was the guy he went to. I mean, you had James Lofton was there. Eric Moulds was there at the t- of later on. Right. But Don Beebe was the guy that that you went to across the middle when he needed tough yards. And he got my total respect for that. Don Beebe is my number nine. So number eight for you. Number eight for me. We were talking about it before the show and how much I love guards and guards are underrated. That's why I'm going with Ruben Brown, the eight time pro bowler as one of my favorite Buffalo bills of all time. He just added so much to that offensive line and he was there. He came in in '95, and he started as a rookie, and he just blew people away. And he was just a fantastic player. So that's why Ruben Brown is my number eight. So you're going, you're going in the interior on both sides now. I got you. I got you. You like? See, I played when I played. High, I just played high school ball, but I played offensive defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I coach now, and I tell the guys on the line, especially the offensive line, the only time you're going to get any kind of notoriety or any any noticing you is when you screw up. Is when you get one of these thrown exactly. on you. Absolutely. The, if you're doing your job, no one notices you, and that's the exactly. hardest thing to do. That's the I, hardest I thing to them. do for some people. But yeah. guys like Ruben Brown and guys like we'll get on this list a little later, yeah. the, they don't need the notoriety. No, I mean, you 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 have to take it like who you're blocking for, what they do, like a Thurman Thomas or whoever's in that backfield, what Kelly can do, how clean Kelly or that quarterback can, can yep. stay. That's what you've got to say. When those guys get in the in the newspaper, that's what you've got to say. Hey, if it wasn't <laughs> and, for me, they wouldn't be in the Brown newspaper. made Travis Henry a Pro Bowler. So if you make Travis Henry a Pro Bowler, yes. then yes. you are opening up some big holes there. Yes. So, my number eight is another wide receiver, and we just talked about him. We called him the man, Andre Reed. Uh, I mean, what was the deal with the Bills getting these small school wide receivers? I mean, cuts, cuts, down, cuts, state. Down, cuts down state. And then, uh, you know, he, he comes in. Selected in the 85 draft in the fourth round. Um, he was just the second player ever to be picked from Cutsdown State. I don't know who was the other one? Let's see. Don Shaver. You ever heard of him? 1981. Everyone's heard of Don Shaver, sure. Yeah. yeah right. of course. I, rem- I remember him. Yeah. But, you know, he goes on, you know, Andre goes on seven time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's yeah, a member of 1,300 yards receiving. Yeah, it's I mean, incredible. He's 15th he so all time. He's 15th all time. He's on my list, so we'll get. To- <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit later. Yeah. I was kind of, uh, let's see, you know, he, he was just kind of down on my list, but he he gets cut later on. Go spends one year in Denver, mm-hmm. and then one year with the Redskins, of course, when Dan Snyder was trying to retread everybody. He was getting. Uh, I think uh, what well, he had Bruce, Bruce on the team. Bruce Smith was there. Uh, Dion was Dion there. <laughs> yeah, and it did not work. It didn't. It didn't work out for him. But uh, Andre Reed. I mean, that was. I just remember. And this is a bad memory for you. One of the biggest memories I remember of him 
is the Super Bowl with Washington where he he doesn't get a pass interference call and he takes the helmet up and slams it down, just makes things worse. But you know, so I mean that was that was Jim Kelly's go-to guy. He was. I mean, we he, talked about BB being the guy you go across the middle, but big play, he's going to Andre Reed. And Andre Reed uh was definitely worthy of that big play guy. But a Hall of Fame gets inducted in the Hall of Fame 2014. Uh, at the time he retired, he was second in all in receptions. So I mean the guy's got a pedigree there, and he did have some great does. year. He's got some had some great years in Buffalo. Of course, he was a part of those four Super Bowl teams there too. And you're going to see that a lot on my list too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Audrey Reed's my number eight. So I'm sure we'll be talking about him a little bit later for you. He was a little later on my list, but we'll talk. But I'll go to my number seven though, and we'll stay with the wide receiver theme. But this guy was a wide receiver who never got to play his position because he was too valuable as a special teamer, and that would be Steve Tasker. Steve oh. Tasker is, in my mind, a Hall of Famer. He's getting kept out of the Hall of Fame because they don't value his position. And if he's going to be – if you're telling me he's the greatest gunner of all time, why aren't you putting him in the Hall of Fame? Why You're just telling me you're valuing one position less than another, and I, I think that's just wrong. And I agree. He's talented enough where he could have been a starting wide receiver if he wanted to. But his best position on that field was as the special teams captain. And I don't know how you can hold that against him. Uh, I mean, and I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. We'll talk about him a little bit later <laughs> in the list. But I'm like this with you, with what you just said. The fact that this guy is not in the Hall of Fame – is is ridiculous. I mean, because this was a guy, I guess the first really noticeable special teams player yeah. was Bill Bates for the Cowboys for me. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he played safety. But there was another one, and I'm trying to, trying to remember this guy's name, and I should be ashamed of myself because I interviewed him. <laughs> but he played, he played for the Chargers. Um, Play special teams that gosh knows, I I ought to be ashamed of myself for not knowing, but uh, I'll come up with it. But this is a guy, and he is pushing for a lot of these guys, special teams guys, to be considered for the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he was he was one of them that played every play, did all this, and Tasker's one of them. There, you know, you look at all the attention Slater's getting from the Patriots now. Mm -hmm. He's been there, what, almost 17 years now. And talking about coming back now. And, but you got to remember, Tasker was really the first really noticeable guy that day. Tasker would, I mean, Tasker would put a hit on you too. <laughs> he sure would. I mean, and, and I don't know if he's still, is he still doing, uh, Doing some broadcast work now. Uh, he's doing the the local sort of uh, team show so, that they have here. He is doing because I remember he was working for CBS one time. Yeah, he was doing the games for CBS. Now he's doing sort of a daily uh, show. Okay, well I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. But uh, yeah, so that's your number seven is Tasker. Like I said, we'll we'll talk a little a little bit about uh, him later on in my list. But for right now, and I'm gonna go back again. To the to the early '80s, and we're going to go to a running back. 
Go Cribs. Go give the ball to Cribs. Give the ball to Cribs. I, I mean, though, I can honestly say, you know, I was like I said, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, but between Ferguson and Cribs, they were two guys that I and collecting cards. I, mm-hmm. I always I knew that in those names, and when I hear them on TV, because you know back then, I'm from a small town. We didn't get but three channels. So, you know, if you got to see some some different teams every once in a while, it was great. I just pretty much had to go by what I read. Mm-hmm. And what you know, came out of Auburn, had some great years with with the Bills. Of course, I think he finished up. Um, he, he ended up. He actually went to USFL and then came he back. He took the money to go to USFL. That was the thing. Those that was we were talking earlier about that '82 team and the strike team. Once. The USFL came about. He asked for a raise, and he wasn't getting the raise that he wanted. So he took the money. And he went to the USFL, and that really hurt those Bills teams. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I remember seeing the USFL back in the day, and seeing a lot of these NFL players going over for that reason. You know, they got they got more money. The USFL, as as yeah. little time as it was there, they got paid. And they I mean, did. You, it's not like the USFL now. People are thinking that it's, no. it's sort of the same. It was a rival league. It was trying yeah. to be what the AFL was in the 60s. It was going after the NFL, trying to be an equal. And they and, were drafting, they were drafting players that, you know, whether they decided Jim to go White there played the in the USFL. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Kelly played in the USFL, yeah. the Houston Gamblers. I mean, I remember Kelly making the comment about. What did he say that time about he'd rather play in Houston than go play in the cold in Buffalo? Or oh, absolutely. Like that? Yeah, when we got dra- when he drafted them in '83, he didn't want to come to Buffalo. Nah. Why not? He, and he got more money going to the USFL. Exactly. He exactly. actually had a, an interesting contract in the USFL where he had to be the third highest player in the league. So no matter what, so when other guys would come in and get raises, he'd get a raise automatically. Mark so when. <laughs> But yeah, Joe Cribs, you know, and it, it talks a little bit about Cribs signed with the Birmingham Stallions and a, a contract worth three point five million, which was back back then that was a big yeah. contract. Yep. And the Bills challenged the contract, so they had first right of refusal. But of course, Cribs where it goes and plays, comes back to the NFL in '85, uh, plays with the 49ers for a couple of years, finishes his career. As a dolphin, he finishes as a dolphin. How, in in how, 1990, he played against the, those 90 Bills. I always talk about how you put a guy in a different uniform. How weird it looks. <laughs> uh, one of the first ones I remember is Franco Harris when he left Pittsburgh and went, went to, to Seattle. Seattle. Yep, wore 34 in Seattle. And then I look at some others like. Art Monk, when he, he finished his career with the Eagles, and, you know, how weird did it have to be to see Joe Cribs in a freaking Miami Dolphin jersey? There is a weirder Bills running back in a Miami Dolphins jersey. Oh, yes, for sure. Through. For sure, yes. That was that was weird, too. That I forgot all about that, but, yeah, that was really weird. But, yeah, number seven for me is Joe Cribs. All right. And I'll go to my number six and going back to those AFL days. And one of my favorite players that I got to, that I've seen is Butch Bird, who still to this day has the Bills record with 40 interceptions. 
He no one else is within like 25 is the next most. He had 40 interceptions and in, I think it was seven years playing for the Bills, which is incredibly impressive. He should have been the 1965 AFL championship game MVP because in that uh, the, the championship game, he returned a punt for a 74 yard punt for a touchdown and had an interception. It, he just had a brilliant game, which when they just dominated the Chargers, it's one of my favorite games to watch. So Butch Bird is my number six. Who got the MVP of that game? Uh, <laughs> the MVP ended up going to Jack Kemp, who completed eight passes. You know, and, and here, the reason I asked you that was because this past Super Bowl, and we're going to mm-hmm. get a little off track for a minute. I don't sure. know if you'll agree with me or not, but – I did not think Patrick Mahomes deserved MVP. Probably uh, not. No. Who, who would you? I mean, he that? had less than 200 yards passing. He had three touchdowns, but sure. the last two touchdowns were all made by the Chiefs receivers. You know, and and by the stupidity of the Eagles' defensive backs. You know, assuming that receiver was going to keep going in motion and going right with him. I mean. You, me, and you both could have thrown those last two touchdown passes. I mean, I don't know about me. I'll give you it, but I don't know about me. No, I'm saying you could have, dude. That that, those guys were so open. All you had to do was like just throw it in his direction, and it was it was going to happen. That I thought, you know, if they were going to give it to anybody, it should have been Kadarius Tony because the punt return, and he got he was one of those touchdowns. That punt return pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it could be a Desmond Howard type situation, like like how he. I I totally agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, everybody is, you know, and nothing against Mahomes. I I don't have anything against Mahomes, but the whole, I think you're gonna see in the next couple of years, Mahomes become a disliked quarterback because, and simply because Brady is gone. And the NFL has to push somebody up there to take his place. Nature bores a vacuum, I guess. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. And, uh, you know, when they're pushing him up there, Chris Sims, I don't know if you ever listened to Chris Sims, made me sick the week before and the week after the the Super Bowl because he he called Patrick Mahomes the best – sports athlete in professional sports today. And I'm like, no. And he was just talking. I mean, it was just total a kissing butt for Mahomes. Um, What's up, David? I'm, I'm looking at some of the comments coming in late now. I'm sorry, guys. But what's up, David? And Robert Matthews, the Dolphins fan, is, you know, we have a small college close by to us. And uh, I don't know if you remember former – Bills coach Lou Saban. Of course I do. I love those bill, those sixty-five Bills. Yeah, he he early, coached. He was a championship coach. Yeah, he coached. Uh, he coached at, at that small school over here, Chowan Chowan University, in Muffetsboro, North Carolina. Yeah, uh, Robert's also saying those two guys that Mahomes threw the last two touchdowns were more open than a two-dollar shirt. And uh, yeah, he's good. He's saying also he's going to be the next Brady. So yeah, I think he's going to be pushed to where. You know, people are just going to say, hey, you're pushing this on me. You're pushing this guy up on me. You know, I don't want to see him that much. There's no quarterback. I don't care. I, ben Roethlisberger, love him to death. I would not want him to be pushed so much in front of everybody. Like, you know, he's just shoved down your throat. 
And I'm, not, I'm sure you're that way about Josh Allen too. But, you know, come on, give me a break. Um, so you're number six, Butch Bird, another AFL guy. My number six is a repeat. We've already talked about him. Uh, I mean, what more can you say about him? Should be in the Hall of Fame. Steve Tasker. Steve Tasker. He should be. I, I don't know what more you can say. He was a fantastic player. He excelled at his position. For seven years, he was the pro bowler in the AFC for special teams. Yeah. He was the best at his position for almost a decade. What more do you want? I, I don't get it. The guy's name just came to me right then. I was talking about for the Chargers. That sure. was so good. He wanted pushing for the Hank Bauer. Okay. Look up Hank Bauer. Hank Bauer was a big-time special teams player for the Chargers back in those early 80s with Dan Fouts, Air Coriel, uh, you know, and he he was on the show, and he he also said the same thing about special teams guys. They need to get more credit. You know, the guys that that make a career out of special teams, like like Tasker did. Tasker yeah. made his name, and Bill Bates. I mean, you got you got several of them that should be in the Hall of Fame, and in NFL. You need to wise up and and realize that there should be a a consideration for for special teams players. I mean, but Tasker. I mean, gosh, what can you say? We've already talked so much about it. Could lay a hit on you and uh, very very knowledgeable. I found that out with him doing the games. Very knowledgeable guy. I mean, and like you said, a good he he could have been a good receiver too. And that and that. In that offense, that K-Gun offense, he could have been a good receiver, but just never got the chance because he was more of a special teams guy. All right, number five for you. Number five for me. I'm wearing the jersey right here. I'll just stand up and show everyone other way. Number 67, my favorite, Kent Hull at center, running the show, calling all the, the blocking plays on the line. He was calling out the plays. It wasn't Kelly calling the, the line plays. He was calling out all the blocking protections, he was running the show. He had Thurman Thomas behind him. He was the one opening up the holes. If you you talked about earlier, if you want to know how good a line is, you look at what the running backs are doing. Exactly. He only had an MVP behind him opening up the holes for him. So Kent Hull is my number five. Yeah, offensive linemen getting some get some love today. I love the offensive line. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, we talked about it earlier. Quarterbacks make all the headlines. Wide receivers make all the fun plays. Running backs get the touchdowns. But it's all come down to the offensive line. If you have no offensive line, your quarterback's on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even getting that handoff off. I, I was told a long time ago when I started playing football, and they put me at center, and the coach asked me, and I say it to this day to the guys that play center for me, I asked them, what's the most important position on offense? And they, and all of them will say, like, you know, quarterback. I was like, no. And they'll say, running, but no. I said, center. I said, do you understand why? I said, because if you don't get the ball back there to that quarterback and he can't get it to the running back, the play's dead. I mean, if you don't do your job yep. as a center, then the play is dead. To me, it's so, kind of like baseball, like a catcher. You got to yeah. have that that sort of unheralded position, but it's involved in every single play. And if you don't have a good one, you're going to notice it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, yeah, nothing wrong with some some offensive line love. So my number five, and this is probably going to be a surprise to you, 
But uh, I, not just as a Bill, but as a player in the NFL. But I think he got a raw deal in Buffalo. Uh, and that's this is another quarterback. And go back to the Music City Miracle game. Talk okay. about Doug Flutie. I wasn't surprised to hear that. I would not. I will never understand what prompted and what's his name that was coached then. Oh, it would be Wade Phillips at the Wade time. Phillips. I'll tell you exactly what prompted him. It was Ralph C. Wilson. Ralph <sighs> made the, the the call, and everyone knows it. It's the it's the worst kept secret. Everyone knows Ralph came down and said, "You got to start this guy because I'm paying him all this money. I'm not paying Flutie." all a bunch of money foodie was making backup money at the time he was i i can't remember what johnson got but he got a big deal coming out of jacksonville yeah and he was supposed to he was the guy ralph wanted to be the guy and that's what happened the thing about that game though is he won that game (laughs) he he had it won yeah he had it won but but the thing my thing is you had so much momentum with flutie flutie had had them playing i mean and i mean flutie got him into playoffs Booty got him in the playoffs. Really, though, that defense got him in the playoffs. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, you had a great defense, but still, though, gosh, no. I, I would never understand. I know the money deal, but mm-hmm. as an owner, that your your goal is to make – well, unless you're Jerry Jones, your goal <laughs> is to make make it to the Super Bowl and and not worry about the money. But No, one game my dad did take me to was a game in 98 against Jacksonville, and – at fourth and one, down by four on the goal line or on the one yard line, Flutie runs the naked bootleg. Keeps yeah, it I himself. remember that. I remember. Oh, it was just brilliant. I I don't remember that place being any louder than that moment there. It just erupted. It was fantastic. You know, I've I've always, you know, I'm a short guy too. I'm five six. So Flutie, I'm five Flutie, seven. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Flutie was always, you know, somebody that I, uh, I can't say looked up to, but uh, <laughs> you know, ever since the Boston College game, of course, the Thanksgiving game against Miami, where he threw the hail mary, and you know, I've always, I've always liked Flutie, and and I just thought you, you know, you watch that. I guess it was a thirty for thirty they did on on the whole deal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was a, it, it was a documentary they did on it and see some of the things that went on that season with the quarterback situation and it's like, what is this? You need Ralph Wilson needs to stay out of it and just sign the check and let let these guys figure out who needs to play where. But yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> Why don't we move on to my number four then? There you Let's go. Stay with another quarterback which one of my favorite bills and he's a current bill josh allen how can i leave this guy off the list he's so much fun to watch yes him jumping over guys starting with that minnesota game and it he is just a different player he is a player out of a video he's a player you would create if you were making the oh, perfect yeah. quarterback I'm in mad. a video game he can run guys over he's got a rocket arm he's it seems like a genuinely nice individual. So that's why my number four is Josh Allen. Well, we can go right ahead because we got a both of us got him at number four. Uh, <laughs> Josh Allen, you know, he, he's like, I guess, what, what the quarterback should be in the NFL today. Yeah, I mean, I a so. guy, he can run, and he, like you said, he's got a rocket arm on him. I mean, he, 
I think, and I you know more about the ins and outs of the Bills this year. That injury probably I you, think so. you could tell that te- that 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 was that really affected him. And I mean, who it would affect anybody, but especially a quarterback. I think that affected him more the last half of the year. And you saw his touch was a little bit off. But I think he was protecting himself when he yeah. was playing because, and as we were talking about earlier, they don't have the best offensive line. Exactly. And the problem he had there was there is a big hole on the right side of their offensive line that they just can't seem to fill. They have Spencer Brown over there playing right tackle. He doesn't seem to be the answer. I don't know. He might be. He's a giant, but he might be too big because these guys are running around him. He's not keeping Allen upright, and so I, I think that could have been some of the issue this year. Let's talk a little bit while we're on the subject of the team this year. Um, and you're around it. I mean, you're I'm sure you go to some games. Uh yeah. the whole whole Hamlin deal. I mean, what when that happened that night. And of course, I will tell you this, and I mean I don't like to bring politics or religion into mm-hmm. into anything, but I'm a devout Christian. The fact that if anything good came out of the whole Hamlin thing, the fact that people were getting on Twitter or social media saying, pray for for Hamlin, pray for Hamlin. And, and you know, it just seemed like everybody came together. And, Lord, I would not wish that on anybody, sure. what happened that night. But the fact that kid came out of that and is doing as well as he is now, it's shocking it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It was heartwarming to see that everyone had the same supportive reaction. Yeah. That that because everything now is just so incredibly cynical, exactly. and <laughs> it is terrible, bud. And for for some, I mean, it's it's a shame that it was something so tragic, something or, or it could have been so tragic. It I could suppose. have been a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. So everyone was just, and I think just the relief that was felt around the city because I'm because see that everyone had was talking about it. every single person that was all that was on anyone's mind around here. And the fact that he was able to weeks later walk, be walking, be yeah. around is just incredible. Yeah, I, I can't, you know, that night when it happened, I wasn't watching when it happened, but my football team, we have like a little Snapchat group, and my phone started lighting up. Are you and saying, are you guys seeing this? And I was like, what, in the, what are you talking about? And I look, turn it on, and I'm like, holy crap. I mean, it, it, just a freak accident. I mean, you, you, who knows if you'll ever see anything like that happen again. But the fact that he, like you said, he's able to to walk around now, and it was on the field during the Super Bowl. Incredible. It's just, and you know, will he ever play football again? Who knows? I, I think he's got more important things on his mind. That he raised a whole bunch of money, and hopefully, yeah. he's just. I, th- I think that's his path forward. He's, he's going to take that and, and do good in the world with it, and I hope him nothing but the best. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the guy was an inspiration to a lot of people. But, yeah, Josh Allen, definitely my number number four. I don't know if – I'm sure you do remember. What was your feelings when they drafted him? <laughs> because there was, was, lot, there was kind of some controversy. I am the eternal optimist. So, of course, when I drafted him, I'm like, yeah, all right, we got a quarterback now. But I said the exact same thing about J.P. Lossman, about oh. Trent Edwards. Oh. Um, I, I said the same thing about Jeff Toole. Like, I, I can convince myself 
that any Bills quarterback is going to be the next quarterback. So when that, that was, when that happened, I was on board. Why not? It could work, and it, it ended up working. Yeah, it's it's worked out pretty well for you guys. Uh, but yeah, you guys have had some some quarterbacks like the, between Bradshaw and Roethlisberger for us. I always say tell people the last couple of years we had Roethlisberger, they were like, "We need he needs to go, he needs to go." I'm like, "You guys, be careful what you wish for because do you not remember what we had between Bradshaw and I mean I can name <laughs> it's uh, Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell. Mr. He was the best quarterback the Cowboys could buy off in the Super Bowl. I mean, then it was, uh, let's see, Cordell, Cordell Stewart. Slash. Kent Graham. Oh, uh, let's see, Bubby Brister. Bubby Brister. Cliff Stout. Uh, Mark Malone. <laughs> That's right. David Woodley. You remember him from the Dolphins? And then, uh, let's see, we even had Todd Blackledge. You had Mark Maddox, or Tommy Maddox. Didn't Tommy you? Maddox, yeah, Tommy Maddox was there. He was AFL the last champion. one before Ben. champion. You know what? When Tommy came in, though, with Cordell, Cordell struggled. Cordell, Cordell frustrated me because every other year, Cordell would have a good year, really good mm -hmm. year. And everybody was like, this is the turning point for Cordell. Then the next year, he sucked. And then it finally got to where when Tommy came in and they, you know, it was like wide open offense. And I was like, holy crap. And then – you know, that kind of flizzled out. But then, of course, Roethlisberger came in. I was like, what the heck is a Roethlisberger? <laughs> when, it, when we drank, because I wanted, I honestly, you know, Philip Rivers went to NC State, which is close right. by to me. I was like, I hope we get Philip Rivers. Yeah, unfortunately, dropped you. I was hoping for Roethlisberger, actually, because oh, that really? was the year we got JP Lossman. Oh, yeah. I bet you were wishing you had Roethlisberger <laughs> after that. Good Lord. Where is J.P. Lossman at now? I, I believe he's coaching somewhere now. Good for him. Oh, really? I think, I think he's so. Then. I mean, sometimes people are better coaches and quarterbacks, I guess. I hope he is there. Number three for you. My number three, we already talked about him. He's Andre Reid. He's the Hall of Famer. He's yeah. got 1,300 yards. He's the, the Bills leader in every single receiving category. He's just fantastic. It, it, what, what more can I say about him? Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm kind of curious at your top two now because there's, there's 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 one yeah somebody's getting left out. Someone got left off and somebody's there's... getting left out. I'm kind of wondering. I know you're probably gonna talk them, about them right now. Are I you? know one of them didn't get left off because you already talked about that. So I think that's so it's between two of them. But my number three, and this may be one of them got left off for you. Uh, Thurman Thomas, you know, I I looked at him. I guess I did. Like I said, having three channels and not having ESPN back mm -hmm. at that time, you didn't. When Thurman came on the scene, I didn't really know a lot about him until the playoffs. That you know, that especially that first year with the Giants Super Bowl. And let's go ahead and say it right now. Norwood makes that kick. He's the MVP. Herman Thomas is the MVP. Absolutely. I mean, he, the MVP. He, he carried the ball the second half, such the second half against that Giants defense. And just, I mean, he was all over the place. He was catching passes. And that's what I liked about Thurman. Thurman could catch out of the backfield. But, you know, and if, it, if he is the only reason I can think that he may not be on your list 
I'll I'll spoil it right now. He's on my list. Okay. Don't worry. I was here. I said the only. I love Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas. I'll spoil it right now. Miami. He's gonna be my number one. He's the best. I but, love Thurman Thomas. I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, he's the 91 MVP. You said catching the ball. He led the league. Yeah. Four straight years in yards from scrimmage. Exactly. Catching and receiving and totally yard. like he could do anything. He could have been a wide receiver. Had he wanted, he could have lined up outside and he could have had been a thousand yard receiver, but he had that line that he was running behind. Oh, he's just fantastic. The only thing, the only drawback I have about Thurman, and I mean, he's tough, he was tough, but sometimes he let people get in his head. I've seen some games where he let, and and look, the whole thing, I don't know what was going on. That first play of the Super Bowl against Washington, where he didn't know where his helmet was. The helmet, yeah. Oh I don't know God. either. I, I'm too afraid to ask not? him too. He follows I, me on Twitter, but I'm, I don't. I'm, I don't dare ask him. He follows you on Twitter, which is that was one of the coolest things ever when that I had saw to, that. Yeah, I was going to say that, that's got to be like freaking cool for you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I had this guy's poster on my wall growing up, and then all yeah. of a sudden I see this little check mark, and like what. Wait, no way. No way. I absolutely took a screenshot. Sure I did. It was the coolest thing in the world. I will tell you this story. We're getting off the Bills thing. We'll get on the Steelers thing for a little while. You know, I've interviewed a lot of Steelers. And, I I mean, I'll interview any any NFL player that, you know. But there was a guy I interviewed. His name was Richard Shelton. He played a couple years for the Steelers in the secondary. And this was around the early 90s. And we, we had a good conversation, and at the, near the end of it, I was thanking him, and he, and he was like, well, you're you're a member of the family now, dude. You got my number? He said, you call? He said, I'll even help you get some more Steelers. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of a guy, like, I don't like bothering people. I don't feel like I'm – I don't want to feel like I'm a bother. But sure. this time I was like, I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> and when the interview was over, I called him. And, you know, the first time it went to voicemail. So the second time he picks up, and I just thanked him again for the interview, and and I, I wanted him to bring up the other Steelers, and he, he did. And it was like he said, you know, I was telling you about those other Steelers, you know, getting you some more Steelers. He said, I got one on the line right now. He said, well, you're on a three way call right now. I said, I said with who? He said, Rod Woodson. And I was like, stop lying, Only Rod Woodson. Yeah, stop lying. And he was like, and also you hear Rod Woodson say, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" I was like, "Is this really Rod Woodson?" He said, "Well, that's not my real name, but you know, you can call me Rod." And I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" And that guy was like, "Yeah, he did. A, he just interviewed me. We did. We had a great conversation." And I and I stepped right in too. And said, "And I would love to have you on the show, Mister Woodson." He said, "Well." He said, "Let me let him get you uh, my information, and uh, you know you get in touch with me." So, right. text him. Months go by, don't hear nothing. Five thirty in the morning, my phone goes off text, and it's Rod Woodson. Hey, buddy, you still want to do that interview? And I was like, "I it's can't so right now." <laughs> but, I love the internet. The internet's the greatest place yeah, in the world. There's yeah, no yeah, way I, this would have happened without it. it. It's 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 just like you said, having. The guy that you had a post on while he's following you on Twitter now, talking to to some of these Steelers guys that I sat there and watched play and I pulled for and and I was like, it's so surreal to be able to do that. It is, and, it really you know, is. It, it's it's freaking awesome. So, yeah, Thurman number three for me. 
So right. I'm just curious to see who's going to get left off the list. Well, well, you can figure it out after this because my number two is the all-time leader in sacks, the one and only Bruce Smith. It's 171 sacks as a bill, 200 total. You know who I left off. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, dude. Did I make a statement by doing that? Yes, you well, did. Can you talk about who I left off because I left Jim Kelly off my list. Well, I'll be talking about him in a minute. So well, why don't we, go, we can go right to Jimbo. Why not? So is he Bruce, your number two? Bruce is my number two. Bruce, let's talk about Bruce, then we'll yeah. talk about Jim. But Bruce, I mean, what more can you say? He could get off the ball faster than anyone I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. It's like he could predict the snap. He he knew when the snap was coming before the center knew when the snap was coming. It was something to watch. He had that quickest first step you could, and he was just a massive human being. And it, I, I'm a season ticket holder. Sometimes he'll be walking around the concourse, and you, you know exactly it's Bruce Smith because he is just such a large human being. It's fantastic. So he's my number two. He's your number two as well. Yeah, he. Uh, I would say this about him: uh, as big as he was to be, as quick as he was, that was scary. And you know, people don't talk about how tough he was because I remember playing Steelers playing them one. I think it was a Monday night game, and he did something to his arm. I don't know what he did, but he was on the sideline in extreme pain. The next possession, that dude's back out there on the field, and he's he's still doing – he's still pressuring the quarterback, I mean, with a, with one arm. And, you know, you don't see a whole lot of that. But Bruce Smith, uh, he's Virginia Tech, first pick in the draft, uh, you know, definitely probably one of the best – if not the best draft pick the Buffalo Bills have ever had. I think so. I think he's probably the best draft pick that the he is. Yeah, of the Bills. Although my number one, if we're going to move on, is Thurman Thomas. Yeah, I know. Who I slipped know. to the yeah. second round because the Bills in 1988 didn't have a first round pick. Anyone could have had Thurman Thomas, and no one chose him. He fell to the Bills, and he is my favorite player of all time. And I, I don't know what more to say. He's the MVP. He led the league, like I said, four years from scrimmage. He is the Bills' all-time rushing leader, and the Bills fed some pretty good running backs. Yeah. yeah. So Thurman Thomas is my number one, leaving off your number one, which is... <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe he left Jim Kelly. I mean, Jim I Kelly. like Jim Kelly off because here's the thing. I, I like Jim Kelly. Everyone likes Jim Kelly, but he's a quarterback. And I think the quarterback position is a little overrated. Okay. And he also had two Hall of Fame wide receivers and a Hall of Fame running back. So I think that helps you become oh, it helped. a it helped. better of a player. If you it have helped. James Lofton and Andre Reid on one side, you have Thurman Thomas in the backfield, you have Howard Baylor at the right tackle and Will Wolford at left, you have – uh, my guy Kent Hall at center, Jim Richard, who we were talking about playing guard. Like he had a great team, and we just couldn't get right. over the hump. I got a question for you, though. Yes, you that helps. That helps, right? That helps. Okay, let's put uh, let's put JP Lossman at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys do then? 
we finished uh, eight and eight or seven and nine probably. But then we talked about it. We put a, a Josh Allen back there behind center. Oh, yeah. If Josh then Allen all of a sudden, talk a different story, I think. And but Kelly, yeah, Kelly's my number one. He's he's a Pennsylvania guy. You know, that, that helps a lot. He was a Steelers fan. But I will say this about Kelly. Kelly was tough. I mean, you he can't took, no he one can question his toughness. He was and a he was fiery. He was fiery too. I mean, he would he I saw him get in Chad Brown's face one night over and over again because Chad Brown was giving him a fit, but he was getting in his face every chance he could. But you know, and it, like you said, the whole K gun offense, everybody always assumed it's Kelly gun. No, it's not. It's Keith McKellar. But I don't think you could have put many. Well, I don't know. I would say this Frank Reich did pretty good at, at times in that. He but, did. But Kelly was the right fit for that team. He was. I don't think you put many other quarterbacks in that situation with that team, and they, they have as much success as the Bills did then. They don't, and I think that not enough is said about how he and Marv Levy got together to figure out that offense. Yeah. As they figured out what was going to work best for them because that wasn't going to work best for any for any other team running the no-huddle, but for that team, what they had and who they had, they they maximized their potential, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was that – was, you know, sometimes things just fit, and unfortunately it didn't fit all the way, but some, yeah. sometimes things just fit, and that was one of them. Now, let me ask you this. Let's say Norwood makes that field goal. Yes. Do do we see a different Buffalo Bills outcome for the next – you know, are we talking about a dynasty? I don't know. I See, I, that's a good question. Do they make it the next year? Maybe not. Maybe there is a Super Bowl letdown. I think that those teams could have been fueled by that hunger to try to yeah. keep getting back there and yeah. winning. It's it's hard to repeat. So I think you're probably right in that aspect. That I don't know if they get to four straight if they win that first Super Bowl. I don't right. think that I, happens. I think that motivated them a lot. You know, the uh, the fact that you know we want to get back there, we want to prove everybody wrong, and then. You know, you get to it next year and you lose. and you, Well, we want to get back and prove everybody wrong. And I honestly think the last Cowboys Super Bowl, which is the last Super Bowl they made, mm-hmm. Thurman Thomas does not fumble that ball. He gets taken back for a touchdown. I know there's there's ifs everywhere, but sure. that was a big if play right there. They, they went into that halftime up. They were leading and going into halftime. If, if Thurman holds on to that ball, probably they – I mean, it's definitely a closer final it's a closer than it was. Game than what it what it what it ended up being. Thirty, I think it was thirty thirteen, but yeah, I, that play right there was a backbreaker. I'm looking and at the chat, which, and uh, no, no, Robert, I have not gone through one of the flaming tables. <laughs> oh, you see it? Okay, yeah, I can see the chat coming up too. It is fun though because that absolutely that's a real thing at at one Bills drive. That is one hundred percent a real thing. It's not made up. People are going through tables every week like they're the Dudley wow. Boys. It is the Dudley Boys. Oh my gosh! Are you a wrestling fan too? Of course, I'm a wrestling fan. Why okay, wouldn't I? Yeah, I'm a diehard wrestling fan from way back. But I, I was not a you being up north. You were probably more of a WWF fan. I was a WWF ECW fan, absolutely. Because okay. I was up in the Northeast here. Yeah. 
I, we're down here in Crockett land. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Flair and, and Dusty and all of those guys back in the day. And then Robert is a big wrestling fan as well. Um, gotta ask you this because it kind of concerned me. And I'm not even a Bills fan, but it kind of concerned me. And I don't know if it's kind of died down or Robert saying Raven was the man. Uh, <laughs> don't quote. I was more of an RVD guy. Okay. Okay. But, Maybe it's died down a little bit now because, you know, not being in that area. The whole deal with Stefan Diggs on the sidelines with Allen and after the game. I see no problem with it. I mean, right. Diggs is a passionate guy. Allen is a cool guy. He do- Allen doesn't get hot, which you don't want your quarterback to get hot. I mean, no. I, I, I don't want my quarterback to get hot. But, and Diggs, he's fiery. I want to see that out of my receiver. He wants the ball. He wants the ball in every single play. And so what's wrong with that? He's going to get the ball. He's not going to get the ball as much as he wants, but no wide receiver ever gets the ball as much yeah. as they want. Well, I can <laughs> tell you this. Every wide receiver out there is always wide open. No matter yeah. how quick. They were, no, I always go back to the quarterback. I was wide open on that play. Why didn't you throw it to me? And even though I've heard him talk. Uh, I forgot who it was talking about. And it may have been Roethlisberger. Say it. It was Roethlisberger and Heath Miller. Heath Miller would never say he was. He said he was the only receiver that would never say I was wide open that play. Everybody else would come back. They'd be in double coverage. I was wide open. He said, and I would. Roethlisberger said I would see the the pictures, and Heath was wide open. He said he would go to Heath and say, "Well, you wide open that play." Yeah, but I I played quarterback in high school. I didn't want to bother you with that. I, you know, I <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. I didn't know if things had died down with that whole situation or not because they were kind of making a deal out of it for a while. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a no deal. I think that's gone away. So no no trade requests from Diggs or anything. No, they'll be back. Those two, they'll be back. And I mean, Diggs he set he tied the Bills' record for most uh, receiving touchdowns in, yeah. in season with eleven. So I think he's getting the ball enough. And he's going to be okay. I think everything's going to be fine. It was probably one of the craziest years that the oh, Bills yeah. had. They've gone, they went through so much this year, and they just they ran out of gas. What are you well, gonna do? The you gas too thing, soon and but... the, the, the the amount of emotion they were playing with after, like we talked about earlier, the Hamlin injury. Yeah, it's 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 hard to recover from that, and I can understand. I can understand them running out of gas. Yeah. All right, outlook for next year. Outlook for next year is the outlook I have for every year next year. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Of course they are. I'm such a homer. There are Bills fans who are always ultra-pessimistic, not me. I always think they're going to end up winning. And as long as they have 17 under center, they have a chance. Yeah. Do you think – what what are you looking for uh, in the draft? I'm looking for help on the offensive and defensive line because <laughs> that's just the kind of guy I am. They need to get someone in there who can just push people around. Mitch Morris at center, he's getting a little older. They need a new plan for that. And they could really use someone in the middle, a run stuffer on the defensive line, just some big guy who can just soak up bodies and just disturb the running game. That's what I'm looking for. You guys resign uh, Edmonds? I don't think so. I think he walks. I think he's gone. Okay. I think him and Poyer are gone. So that's going to be a big hit on that defense there. It um, is. 
Okay. Can Gabe Davis continue and and make himself a viable threat on the other side of Diggs? I think he can. He's shown he has the ability to. He had a 95-yard reception this year, followed by another touchdown against the Steelers where he basically has ripped it out of the free safety's hands. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has the potential. Very well. Yeah, very well. I remember that one. <laughs> that was an interception. Yeah. And he he has strong hands. He just – I think he might have been playing injured as well this year. And I think the Allen injury might have had something to do with that as well. Yeah, probably. Are you seeing Robert's I'm latest seeing comment? <laughs> Who's lo- I know exactly who he's talking about. There was a guy at – if you watch the ECW, and it's on Peacock right now, if you have Peacock, you can go back and watch yeah. some of the old episodes. There's a guy who's in the front row of every episode, and he kind of looks like Dude Love, but a little skinnier. And <laughs> he's got the glasses and the long hair. And you just do a double take every single time. Because what, does this guy just go to every show? Yeah, of course he goes to every That's all he does. <laughs> People do that. So... We're gonna to have to bring you back on. Uh, sure, bring you back on and do some wrestling talk. You know, of we we love doing that. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really, I mean, it's always it great, great to hear to, to talk to somebody with a lot of football knowledge. Tell us a little bit about. I, I see the name, and you were telling me because today we were talking. I said, "Man, I don't even know what your name is," and then you were telling me about <laughs> it should be an apostrophe up there. I'm it should be an apostrophe, here. yes. Because one of my passions in life, I'm bringing it out right here. These guys here, a little public service announcement. If you have these tapes, they're dying. They they have a finite lifespan. It's about 25 years. And that 25 years is about up right now. So if you have tapes, send them to someone who can digitize them. Send them to me. I do the same thing. Send them to Stevie. Because once they're gone, they're gone. They're gone. We can't. To me, it just seems stupid to lose anything, any yeah. sort of knowledge, any sort of information. Even if if you don't think it has value, someone's going to think it has value somewhere in the future. So that's one of my passions is just making yeah. sure these things don't get lost to time. So how, how how big of a Buffalo Bills collection do you have? It's a few hundred tapes. Is that wow. big? I don't know. Wow, you not, not too you, many. You keep, not too many. keep the, you keep the losses too. Of course, I do. Okay, I, the I problem is say, that's what I do too. I was born in '85, so these aren't tapes that I recorded. People think that that these are ones that I've recorded and saved. Yeah, these are ones that I've found from people that you know I've been cleaning out someone's basement, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, I got some extra tapes. You want them? Yeah, sure." People move in. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna throw out these tapes." No, no, no don't throw them out. I'll take them. I've met people on Twitter that say, "Hey, I got some old tapes. You want them? Yeah, send them over. Sure, I'll come exactly. pick them up. It's, See what's one, on them." Yeah, one man's junk is another man's treasure. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and it could be. I've I've actually my old high school back when this was before I was playing. We had really probably one of the best years they had, and they we had a guy that ran for like over over two thousand yards, and he got like all these awards. But we were always looking for for video and we knew it was out there it had mm. been done it had been videoed but nobody could find it 
and a friend of mine was cleaning out somebody's garage and he sends me a picture and it's got it's it's a VHS tape and it's got 1986 Northeast football and it's got all the names of these I was like where did you get that from <laughs> and I said and how quick can you get that to me and let me tell you 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 come across of course my my expectations for that were kind of like well this is this is 86 and mm-hmm. it's 2022 at the time so 36 what 36 years yeah so i'm like my expectations were like okay this is not going to be good when it come out yeah it was crystal clear Sometimes it, it it just there's no rhyme or reason to it. I think sometimes it comes down to the brand. Sometimes it just comes right. down to how it was stored, and sometimes you get lucky. Yeah, and what like you said, once they're gone, that's it. And I that's mean, it. they're not. It's I mean, and all you cowboy fans out there, it's the last time you won a Super Bowl was on VHS. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I can't and laugh. It, you and know. you and you 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 did beat us. You did beat us, but you paid Neil O'Donnell off with oil wells in Dallas somewhere. <laughs> Jared, there, that's what Neil O'Donnell lived off. Of. Well, no, he lived off the stupid New York Jets paying him all that money the next year <laughs> to, to leave Pittsburgh. But that was, you know, of course that was that was another story for another time. But man. I'm not going to take up much more of your time. All I appreciate right. you coming on. Thanks for having uh, me. Anytime, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. We'll talk football. We'll talk bills. At, maybe after the bills do their draft, we'll we'll come on. You can you can Sounds recap good. the draft and tell us what you think. And uh, but yeah, guys, that is Bill Hurley, Buffalo Bills. Bill Hurley of the super VHS. fan, super fan on uh, the final score. We'll see you guys next week on the final score.